That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Niagara Moon Losing my opinion So I was listening to Jim Croce Is Jim Croce cool? I know he skirts that line. Like I was listening to I Have to Say I Love You in a song. And I was like, I love this. But is this uncool? Uh, he's the guy with the mustache, right? He's got a big old Super Mario Brothers mustache. Yes. That mustache is cool. Um, uh, you are exposing one of the many holes in my uh, musical vocabulary. I do not. I know the name. I don't know any Jim Croce songs. Oh, no. No, no particular reason why. I never like avoided him. Uh, John Preen. Prine. Prine. John Prine. John Prine's another one. I got no idea what's going on Good there. gravy. I mean, the fact that you just said John Prawn or whatever you just said <laughs> is, is uh, setting a, a shockwave down my spine. John Prime. Uh, all right. So we have to do an episode on each of those fellas. Uh-huh. Definitely John Prine. Uh, I was actually going on tour years ago and I was at the airport and I saw a giant Jim Croce book. And I was like, I'm going to buy this for my travels. And then I just lugged around a Jim Croce biography for like three weeks and didn't read it. (laughs) But I still own it. Well, I hope that came in handy for today's episode of Losing My Opinion, the Mm -hmm. podcast where uh, two singer-songwriters, myself being Niagara Moon. Uh, Thin Lear. Thin Lear. Is you. And uh, we show each other songs uh, that we've procured uh, with something to say about them. Uh, the other person has no idea what to expect, and uh, Jim Jim Croce is the uh, topic at hand. You say, Croce, yeah, Jim Croce, Jim Croce, Croce, yeah, Croce. Uh, we got some good feedback on the wrestling theme episode. I did get some uh, some some opinions from folks, kind of questioning where is the musical line on this podcast? Like, are we going to start doing like hold music? You know, like we're, we're, uh, you know, sometimes we're talking about like anything is possible. Scott Walker, sometimes we're talking about The Undertaker theme music. So it's kind of. I said it last week good music is good music. I don't care the context. I mean, I, uh, up to a point, uh, but generally, I'm well, not that's gonna... what I'm asking. Where is that point? And when are we going to cross it? T- Ted Nugent was, was one point. Uh, <laughs> we might have crossed it there. But I, I don't care. I don't care if it's video game music. I don't care if it's just like fell out of Victrola in the 1930s and nobody knows anything about it. I want to hear the sounds and evaluate the sounds. We got to do a video game music episode, but I don't think either of us are... I know I'm definitely not informed enough. I mean, unless we do the music of uh, games made in 1995, I'm not... How old are you? <laughs> not that old, but the last system I bought was... Uh, or that was bought for me was uh, Nintendo 64. That was the last one that I owned there's some good good themes on the Nintendo 64. There are some great themes. There are even better themes on Super Nintendo, I'll tell you. The Donkey Kong music? Oh, that yeah. <laughs> Donkey Kong. That, don't bring a tear to my eye. But anyway. Jim speaking, Croce. Jim, anyway, Jim Croce. Uh, vulnerability, really, is what we're talking about here, isn't it? Isn't that what we're talking about? Uh, you were quite vulnerable on here a couple weeks back. You brought in some tunes that you knew in your heart of hearts. They were guilty pleasures. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and I'm a crusty old sailor here. You know, like you knew I was going to be honest and and maybe make fun of you, but you brought the songs in anyway. Even that Ariel song, which was quite 
uh, memorable. I often think about. Love that one. I often think about that too. And I do, you know. The more... on the other side of the Hudson. Oh boy. Actually, I was going to say, I kind of remember it fondly, but yeah, that intonation. Uh, I sang it I like Andy like... Schaff. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, what's going on? It's got marbles in his mouth. Uh, I feel like it went well for you, though. Like, I liked pretty much every song. Uh, mm -hmm. We're not actually talking about Jim Crutcher today. Oh, we're not? Okay. No, but you can have it behind you. I love looking sure. at the guy. Uh, you knew those songs were worthy of feeling shame over. And I think we had an open and honest dialogue about guilty pleasures. We maybe even came up with some criteria, which is my favorite thing to do on this podcast. I love criteria. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, but in the interest of keeping it real, I'm going to tell you something honestly. I, too, have guilty pleasures. I'm flesh and blood. And I'm going to pay it forward to you today. Um, my guilty pleasures tend to be quite specific, though, in genre and tone. There are a couple realms. I like some country that I know would upset you. Uh, I like some disco that would probably make you cringe. Uh, mm, I go back and forth on disco. Right? Yeah, there's some like really organic sounding disco, like Rock Your Baby or whatever. It's just like, this is fantastic. Um, but what I'm a real sucker for, cheese-tastic 60s love songs, mm. uh, especially ones that have completely insane stories. Huh. And you, you know, I think we vaguely align on the insane story song bit. Uh, we do come back to that quite a lot on this podcast. I've brought in songs today that I know for sure I would be embarrassed if someone knew I was listening to them. So we're not t just talking today, like, are these songs guilty pleasures? Like, they are. Like, I am guilty. Okay. I'm appropriately guilty. And, and, and you're, this is like your confession? You're <laughs> yeah, in the little booth this, talking, this, to, I'm the priest? You are my priest right now. Okay. I don't need help figuring out uh, if I'm feeling shame or not. But I do want to know. So this is what I do want to know. Is there merit in these songs? Or am I just like deluded romantic teenager still? All right. Uh Perhaps. Hey, if you like them, that's all the merit you need to care about. But yeah, I'll tell you if they suck ass. I, I won't uh, shy away from that. <laughs> You're today. giving me mixed messages here. Uh, perhaps today's title might be, and you can quote this if you want. I know sometimes mm -hmm. you ask for help with the titles, so I can give you that help. Help me. Uh, songs that if my headphone jack came unplugged from my iPod on the subway in the early 2010s, I'd be mortified if they played out loud. What is this, a Fiona Apple album name? Did you get all that? I can say it again. I have it on record. I'll, I'll reference, and I'll reference it later it. as needed, yeah. You go back, okay. Delete. Uh, yep. <laughs> okay, all right, good. Uh, so the first tune that I'm going to show you is not actually a story song. So mm -hmm. forget everything that I just said there. Uh, I had to include it because it sets a good tone here. Now, lyrically, this song is going to leave a lot to be desired, but I don't give a shit. Yeah. Who cares uh, about lyrics? Who, who cares? Right. Everybody knows I hate lyrics. Says us right? two songwriters. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so this is a song called Never My Love by The Association. This is from 1967. Mm. Uh, it's just a great, cheesy love song. This track was recorded with members of the Wrecking Crew, okay. those ace yep. session musicians. You got Hal Blaine on you, drums. You got my attention already, yeah. <laughs> uh, Carol Carol Kane? Uh, on bass. I don't think she's on this oh, okay. session. Damn it. She wasn't there. But you got Larry Nectel on keys, so it rules there in that respect. Let's dig into it, and I want you to think, does this have merit? I know there's cheese on it, but does it have merit? 
I meant to say Carol Kay, by the way. Carol Kane is uh, the actress uh, from like The Princess Bride and stuff. Oh, you're talking about Kane the wrestler. Oh, yeah. Well, don't even get me started on him. <laughs> we got to bring Tom back. Talk to us about that. All right. So the association, I don't know anything about the association. I've heard the name and just wrote it off as one of those many, many 60s groups that I'm like, eh, they're probably going to be too dated for me. Sure. Look, what do you think about these fellas looking at this pick? Oh, boy. Hey, they have a uh, an Asian American gentleman in there. That's pretty Purdue. damn progressive for the '60s, a '60s rock band. Uh, their hair, good haircuts. Hair, not so good. They look like. Is it oh. an association of like the studio studio engineers? Like they all banded together. <laughs> That's why they're in the called background. the association. They like make a band of their own. Yeah, they all look like the nerdy dude behind the console. Uh, they actually kind of look like CPAs. And maybe that's why they're yeah, called the association. Yeah. They, they look like, uh, I mean, they look like me, let's be honest. Uh, they all look uh, pretty, pretty studious. Studious looking fellows. Yeah. All right. So let's listen. Let's see if this sounds studious. All right. So check this song out. It's good so far. I know the song. I like the song. Hell yeah. This was definitely in some TV show. Probably. Yeah, this is great. That keyboard? That keyboard is killer. Oh, yeah. It's a lovely detail. Vocals? Yeah. They're schmaltzy. No, but barely. Like... It's, it's light and it's pleasant and it's totally of its time, but this is great. This is what you were worried about? Yeah, it gets worse. It gets worse. I like this kind of zombies yeah, yeah. Uh, harmony-laden thing. I just want to come back from the break. All right. Yeah, it's beautiful so far. This is like uh, this. Yeah, that's definitely the part where uh, the main character of the show, who just dropped acid, is like falling into the grass. That's where that music would uh, peak for sure. <laughs> sure, I can see it all uh, play out. It's a smooth song. Yeah, I like uh, smooth. I definitely would be embarrassed if I was sitting on the subway and that you know the headphones Why? popped out. You so self-conscious. It's, it's a little. Yes. It's twee. But it's. And yes, it's dated. It's a little lovey-dovey. It's it's twee. But like, you know, nobody's got a problem with Wes Anderson movies. I think a lot of people have problems with Wes Anderson movies, but yes, it's, it's very, you know, very it's, popular. It's, it's Wes Anderson energy. That's, that's what I heard there. Fair point. Uh, it's got such a groove and vibe. There's something that's like vaguely ghostly yeah, about it. a little haunted. I know it's a song for boomers to make out to, but mm-hmm. uh, I can't, I still, I still love it. So it sounds like you think this song has more than just merit. I like it. Like it's going to, this, this might enter my rotation. Dude, I, I love the soundtrack from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Like all those songs. And this seems like that would be right at home. Yes. With, uh, like yeah, Mamas and sure. the Papas 1230. That song gets me chills. That has a great haunted quality. Very Mamas and Papas, that yeah. song. Okay. So let's take you a little bit deeper down the, uh, yeah. down the rabbit hole here. Yeah. Let's, let's kick this up a So this next here. tune. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't know if I call this guy a one hit wonder. 
He's kind of a one-hit wonder here in the States. I know he had another hit in the UK. But this song is called Lightning Strikes. Lightning. Lightning. With the apostrophe at the end. No G. Or no second G. By Lou Christie. This is 1965. So this is a song... Uh, with a guy who is basically explaining why he can't stop cheating. Uh, and it's like a sickness. Mm. He's like, uh, look, if I see lips waiting to be kissed, like, I'm going to cheat on you. Okay? I only know the Klaus Nomi version of this song. Oh. I can't stop. So I was going to. I can't stop myself. <laughs> that, that's, that's my point of we're reference gonna going do, in here. We're going to do a whole Klaus Nomi episode. 100%. Yeah, all right. That's Klaus Nomi. We have to do a whole episode on him where it's like, I don't know what the argument is, but something about like, what is the line between like awesome and super ridiculousness awesome. and absolutely incredible? Yeah. Because yeah. when I first saw that dude, it was like, what is happening? And it was so thrown off kilter. And then I couldn't <laughs> stop listening. When a boy uh, loves a girl. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's a documentary on him that's like it's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's called the Nomi Song on, on YouTube. I, th- I think I saw that back in the day. Yeah. But anyway. The original by Luke Christie. Uh, let's dig it. Let's dig into this song. I want to see if you have a similar, a similar All feeling right. about it. Never heard the original, or at least I don't think I have. Listen to me, baby. You gotta understand. You're old enough to know the makings of a man. Listen to me, baby. Yeah, it's a little dumber. It's not bad, but. Sorry, for the pre-chorus. Every boy wants a girl. He can't yeah, it's a little more, a little more guilty pleasure energy coming in. But wait for it. Wait for this chorus. Good chorus. Solid chorus. That's a, that's a tight yeah. chorus. This is the hard here. The rest of that stuff was kind of fluff. Alright. Feelings. Yeah, that this song is a little earlier, isn't it? Is it like 64 or something? This song is 65. Yeah. So yes. It's, it's right before pop music got a little cooler. You know? It has like that sort of... Um, it's like a faux Motown bop to yeah. it, but like doesn't quite. It's it's it's, uh, it's very white, if I may say. Uh, Super white. Yeah. Oh, we got a lot of white tunes today. Uh, That's kind of it's part of the whole deal with the guilty pleasure from the sixties. Uh, it's uh, yeah, this is like a worse imitation of of other stuff from this era that was popping more. Sure. Um, that said, that's a solid chorus, and I can totally see why Great Klaus Nomi was able to to make the song his own. Not sure why he chose that song, but yeah, it's it's like <laughs> kind of like what the hell? Uh, that falsetto on this chorus is fantastic. That's like Bee Gees level mm. um, falsetto. I know that song is very cheesy, but um, Dion. Yeah, this 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 song just makes me smile. It's catchy as hell. Yeah, um, and the Klaus Nomi connection. I think I sort of inseparable from the song for me at this point. So your feeling is the chorus is great but chorus is doing a lot of the heavy lifting it's just the other song i was on board for all elements of it this is this feels like a lot of it is kind of just paint by numbers like cheesy imitation unimaginative 60s pop and it like it it both songs are dated but this feels more dated in in like a, more dated. yeah like hide it away kind of way 
<laughs> don't don't share it. So I, I I'm getting uh, more in tune with uh, what you were saying earlier now. Okay, I apologize to Luke Christie for those comments. That's only it's only one man's opinion. I do God, not feel that way. What is he like a hundred now? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know if he's alive still. All right, so let's move on. All right. So the next tune by a fella named Arby Greaves. I believe this is for sure a one-hit wonder. I've not heard anything else from this guy. Uh, it's a song called Take a Letter Maria. And this is a absolutely insane story song. Uh, the more I listen to this song, the more I feel like maybe it isn't cheesy. And it's just great. Uh, but it's very over the top. And the lyrics are uh, deeply troubling. So, and just for so, the record, uh, it's not RB like the restaurant gra- graves. It's no, it's RB. RB. Dot B. Greaves? Graves? Greaves. Greaves. God, you, can't, you couldn't change your name for show business there? I, I don't know. Maybe he changed it. Maybe it's like Ronald yeah. Bartholomew Greaves or something. Or like changing it to Engelbert Humperdinck specifically or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to pop here. R. And he did. Greaves. All right. He did pop. Okay. It sounds called Take a Letter, Maria. Uh, I guess his background, this guy, he's, t- he's a song about him leaving his wife and he's having his secretary take down his notes on the letter that he's sending to his wife to say he's not, mm. he's not coming home. It gets, it gets crazy. All right, here you go. Liking it so far? Last night as I got home. Solid singer. About a half past in. Mm-hmm. There was the woman I thought I knew in the arms of another man. I kept my cool, I ain't no fool. Let me tell Listen you what those, that man. keyboard. Mm. I packed some clothes and I walked out and I ain't going back again. So take a letter, Maria. Press it to my wife. Not as into this part. Gotta start a new life. You gotta sing along, man. I can see you chomping at the bit here. Let me let me hear those pipes. <laughs> Send a copy to his lawyer. So those horns are over the top. So he's talking about how she's such a great secretary. As the song goes on, it sort of culminates in him saying, "Hey, I'm single now." Do you actually want to go? Oh, lovely. Not inappropriate at all. <laughs> no. <sighs> right. Yeah, he's, this guy's not winning any Husband of the Year awards. Uh, but to his credit, he did find yeah, her he, in the arms. He took the high road. He found her in the arms of another man. I don't know if taking the high road is sending a letter to his wife saying he's not coming home through his secretary and then dating his secretary. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure hey, if that's it's, classified it's, as the high it's road. It's better but. than, you know... Like he said, he he's not a foolish man. He did he didn't uh, instigate violence or anything like that. Which, I guess that's for the standard of the times. Not too true. too rough, I would say. Yeah, he's it's actually he's being great. Uh, it's just so funny that part where he's like, "Oh, actually, now that I'm single, yeah, are you hey. available?" But finish writing that letter yeah. first, where I blow off my wife. Uh, uh, yeah, I was liking it, and then it started sounding like a Tom Jones B-side. Uh, it's the horns. It's the, the horns. Doom, 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 I don't know that little skippy the bop yeah that boppy rhythm I'm not always into that I think the song is just hilarious kind of similar to the last song is this something in keeping with those these two tunes it's just like they're just really funny and and that's it, it, it makes it you know 
uh, cling yeah, to my brain. Yeah, I could see that. All right, so let's let's move on. All right, uh, I have a song that I know. Yeah, this is like well, the, the, <laughs> you're saving the best for last year, huh? I was. Well, I got two. I got two that are both brutal. Okay. Um, this next song was quite. It was played quite prominently in Dumb and Dumber. All right. Which is just fantastic placement of this tune. This is the rain, the park, and other things. By the Cow Sills. The Cow Sills. Uh, All right. 1967. So the Cow Sills, so this band, is six siblings. Six Jeez. siblings and their mom. <laughs> so think about that. So their mom was in the band. That's tough. So mom took the photo, I'm guessing, here. So I don't see her in the... <laughs> well, you know, maybe she, yeah, maybe she took that photo. Uh, tough to be super cool out there on stage, I'm sure. Oh, man. Um, I'm in a band with my mom. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> It's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, okay, so let's dig into this. This song, I kind of don't even want to explain it because you're just gonna you're gonna sink your teeth in. It. All right. I saw her sitting in the rain. Oh, I know this one. Flowers in her hair. Flowers everywhere. It's not dated, right? Oh, it's very dated, but I kind of like this one too. You like this this one? You like better than She seems sweet and kind. It's it's very like uh, Harper's Bazaar, like Van Dyke's produced, just so ridiculously ornate that I can't help and just admire it. Oh, it's over yeah, the, it's just so over, over the top. top, like musically, I can't help but kind of give him props. And it's got a solid hook. Got a great hook. The verse is as strong as the chorus. Uh, love those harps. Makes me happy. That's enough to sell it for me. I love that part. But yeah, yeah very. Okay, so uh, yeah, I would be a little embarrassed to just be blasting. Yeah, New York City one. subway thing pops out. That's like the song a serial killer plays, like driving around in a van. There is something. I I wrote the same thing down. It's like something vaguely creepy about it. Like this dude yeah. sort of watching this. Uncanny Valley. <laughs> He's watching this girl in a field of flowers. It's like, almost like, is this real? Like, is he hallucinating this? Um, Mom, are these lyrics okay? <laughs> Yeah, these lyrics too edgy. Yeah, they're fine, dear. Okay, so it's kind of a mixed bag today and success with you. Way more success than I thought I'd have. I have a high capacity for cheese. I think you're underestimating. Uh, I mean, all of these songs, except for maybe the first one, I'd feel pretty embarrassed to just be like seen listening to it on speakers. But you haven't given me, given me anything too rough, I'd say. Okay. All right, let's see if this last one does it for you. All right. Jay and the Americans. So uh, this song, it's called Come a Little Bit Closer. I hate this by band Jay and the name. Americans. We're the Americans. Hey, they put it out there. Uh, this is 1964. Okay. This song, I would say, is probably the cheesiest of them all mm. today. I cannot defend this song. Okay. Uh, it's similarly hilarious to the other couple with the story aspect. This is definitely a story okay. song. To very different reasons. This is like such a white guy fantasy song. Yeah. Uh, the gist is, dude is in Mexico. He's staring at this girl in a cafe. And he's like, uh, he talks to some dude. 
and the bartender's like, she belongs to this guy named Jose. Belongs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like that that level of language. Uh, and then, yeah, there's this wild chorus. It's like West Side Story, but even wider somehow. Uh, uh, and it's vaguely problematic, yeah, but huh? um, it's really good. Oh, oh it's it really is, good. Huh? You gotta, Okay. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta check it out. I gotta check it out. It's called Come a Little Bit Closer. Come a Little Bit Closer. Yeah, this is, this is cheesy. Down to the faux yeah, Spanish Mexican guitar. sound. In a little cafe, just the other side of the board. I hate this fake Elvis singing, I will say that. He was sitting there giving me looks that make my mouth water. Make my mouth water. Uh, so I gnarly. gets extra points docked off. Come a little bit closer. You're my kind of man. So big and so strong. They just, they're, so, red, they're stealing La Bamba on top of everything else here. Well, I think that's the least of the, the least of the problem. So, insult to injury. What happens in this song? Uh, so he, uh, he actually runs into that guy, Jose. And then so the dude, Jose, confronts him. And, and this guy, the singer, he jumps out the window. Uh, he runs away. And then he hears the girl tell Jose the same shit she was telling him. Come a little bit closer, you're my kind of man. So the story itself is like, it's such a self-own. You know, like, it's, he's like, so I got confronted by this guy and then I ran away. Uh, that's basically the end of the song. All right, they get points back for honesty a little bit. Yeah, definitely. He doesn't present himself in a great light. Uh, but I'll tell you, this is a catchy tune. I mean, you well, listen hey, to La it Bamba. Once or twice. Who doesn't love La Bamba? La Bamba? But also that chorus, "Come a little bit closer, you're my kind of man." So big and so strong. If you listen to the song a couple times, I swear to God, you will have Come that. Come a little in your head. bit closer. Dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun. La, la, I feel like this song is not so far off from Sondheim. Really? Yeah, I'm uh, not. A f- people are gonna get mad at fan. that, but geez, Louise, yeah. Uh, anyway, my so, wife Wayne loves musicals, and she kind of doesn't care about Sondheim so much. <laughs> um, all right, so I feel like I had a mixed bag of yeah, results. Yeah, we we ended on a bad note there. If that was your intention, that that was pretty rough. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, that's that was the, the wildest uh, one. I played that for my wife, and she was like insulted hearing it. Oh yeah, what, upset. what uh, upset listening what, to it? What, where's she from again originally? Uh, Dominican Republic, but I think she was just more insulted just by the. Don't music even need to get into that element of it. Sound, the rest of it's bad enough. She didn't yeah. even make it to that part of it. No. Uh, okay, all right. So I feel vaguely that I've purged my soul of this. Uh, this is guilty as guilty as it gets music. for you, huh? This is a level of the guilt. How I would mu- say. How much worse does it get? I mean, we could go into some pretty. Because I got, I was thinking, if this is, because I got some shit. It's nothing compared to this, so it's, it sounds like that's still a case with you too. I have all this stuff. Yeah. This is, I wouldn't say it's worse or better. I mean, this is this for '60s love songs. This is sort of where it is. Yeah. Then there's like there's some country that I think would probably you'd be upset at, and uh, yeah, just a whole different whole different genres that would be problematic for you for your brain. Okay. Well, 
I can't wait to hear them and all. You will. Uh, and that, dang it, now you've challenged me. I got some real embarrassing picks in my collection from the, mostly Japanese. You know, I, I already okay. covered tots, but uh, yeah, there's there's some other sure some other rough stuff. In that there. was worthy of being a guilty <laughs> pleasure. Yeah, it wasn't packaged that way, but yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Well. Uh, yeah, the 60s. You really love the 60s, don't you? What do you mean me? We come back to the 60s all the time on this podcast. Yeah, but I feel, I, I, I'm more of a 70s man. I feel like you You really like this, this 60s sound, the 67, 65. I like 67 to 69, or I mean, no, 67 to 72, and then like 77 to 80. I feel like those are the uh, periods that I really dig huh. the most. Well. Yeah. All right. To to be revisited. This whole thing has opened up uh, several lines of inquiry for me. Um, but we're going to switch it over. I'm going to talk to you about something I prepared today. You know, we had uh, Tom Rainey, our our new my new friend, your old friend, on uh, last mm-hmm. week, and his whole thing was he expected that we'd react a certain way to the music he introduced, which was wrestling theme music, and then turned yes. out we had a whole he had you know. He had expectation that we'd hate it, but we actually loved it, and that, and that was kind of an interesting little shift there. But, uh, you know, the music I'm talking about today, I'm kind of having the attitude going in that it's going to be a really hard sell, but I'm going to do my damnedest because okay. this music is, you know, it's it's very weird in a way that this artist has not come up in a big way so far on this podcast. That They really, they mean a lot to me. Just to take you back a little bit, when I was 15, I had the absurd privilege of getting to travel with a friend of mine who thankfully happened to be 18. The two of us, we got to travel in Iceland for a month. Um, this is right after their economy crashed, so you can do the, the year math on that. Um, but so we took advantage of that opportunity. We were, uh, you know, couch surfing. We were camping. I don't, I don't think we stayed in a single hostel. Uh, we managed to just kind of you know, I'd say rough it, but explore. It was a very fun, adventurous time. Um, people are amazing. The The nature is un, unearthly. I've heard. You know, just this experience of camping out in this mountain range, and you feel how close the North Pole is to you. You feel like you're almost on another planet. Uh, it's, 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 it's otherworldly, to say the least. You, f- you know, there's no trees. The landscape is so eerie and majestic and... You know, it's cliche to say, but there's really no better artist to accompany that landscape than the one and the only Björk. Sigur Rós. Oh, Björk. Sigur Rós, yeah. Some people say Sigur Rós. So, look, out of the gate, if you go to Iceland, people don't want to hear about Björk, really. Uh, really? It's, I don't know. It's like going to Liverpool and like, hey, do you like the Beatles? You know, like they've heard of it a million times. She's been around for decades. Uh, I'd be so proud if I grew up in the same area. Yeah, all right. Maybe you'd have more better sense, but it's just like the Björk, Björk, Björk. You know, like the, you reduce the whole identity of the country to just her. I could understand yeah. why that'd be a little frustrating. Yeah, you got your Sigurdos, your Moom, your Yonzi. You got a million, millions, not millions. Well, I, I get reduced to Billy Joel, so <laughs> well, I don't want to hear it. You from know, Icelandic Long Island folks. ain't no Iceland. I'll just put, say that for now. That's true. Same level of majestic beauty, uh, though. But point overall being. You know, I can't help but just absolutely love her music I have for years and years. And, uh, you know, I acknowledge that there's other stuff going on in Iceland. Um, They have a huge, huge amount of music schools, given their population. It's a country of like 300,000. 
and it's amazing mm. like how much musical activity and how many artists come out of there. It's it's really is astounding. But Birk's my main gal. I've loved so many of these albums for so many years. You do not know anything about Bjork's music, am I correct? Very little. I I know um, Post. You know the album Post, like yes. you've heard it. Yeah. Oh, you have. Yeah, I've listened through it. Yeah, and I and I oh, enjoy it quite a bit. You do, but you didn't dig further. Why is that? Um, there are other records I've heard, but I, I'm not the kind of fan of hers that I know which tracks are from which record. So no, I haven't like invested in the entire okay. catalog. Why why do I love her so much as an artist and you don't feel why what do you think if we had to pinpoint it, what do you think has been missing for you? I think you are more into theatrically ornate stuff than me. Uh, so too many parts, is that what you're saying? That's such a stupid <laughs> simplification of what you're trying to say. You know what I'm trying to tell I you. I don't actually <laughs> elaborate on that. Theatrical ornateness. Uh, I'm thinking of the video where she's bursting into song, mm-hmm. uh, like walking down the street, where there's that sort of, um, that line that I don't think she crosses, but that you like to, you like artists that straddle this. Oh, yeah? Where it's like going vaguely into um, cinematic musical theater territory oh. with the kind of instrumentation and the kind of songwriting, yeah. but it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite go there. It's still pop. But that's more your bailiwick. Okay, okay. So you identified early on, and yes, I would agree she certainly does have music with this ordinateness, this theatricality. Absolutely. Um, many of her songs are very music video oriented. She's an extremely visually oriented artist. Like every album that comes out, whether it's the stage show, the, you know, like the tour, or it's a series of videos, so much thought goes into her look, her costume, mm-hmm. uh, like visual themes. And uh, yeah, she's super conscious of all that stuff. Now, I have not seen most of her music videos. I personally don't really care about music videos just as, as a thing. I like listening to music. <laughs> uh, not to sound like a total snob or whatever, but it's like that whole, I appreciate that she has that whole thing going on, but... I just, I, I hit play and I take a walk or mm-hmm. I, you know, whatever, but I'm kind of, you know, I'm not thinking about the, the, vi- the videos, the Michelle Gondry stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's certainly an impressive body of work, but. Oh yeah. That's actually how I saw her. I think the, the first thing I saw from her was the duet with, uh, Tom York was the, uh, my, yeah. When she was in my, uh, uh, dancer in the dark. Yeah. That I've seen it all. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Which and that that sounds amazing. And so so there so are, are you, two. Records. Are you saying that the song from the film was too uh, cinematic <laughs> for your taste? No, no, no. Why, no, that's not at all what I'm saying. Uh, I like that song, and I like. So there was another record I liked from her too that I just remembered the name of Biophilia. Oh, you like Biophilia? Okay. That record, and I like uh, Post. Uh, those are the two that I know and have listened to. Okay. Okay. You know, somewhat consistently, and and do really like. And I think that she is a complete artist in the yeah. way that we talk about like Bowie or, or Kate Bush. A, a world unto like themselves, yeah. Everything, like everything yes. is an art to them. It's from, like we said, we talk about the videos, but the videos, the fashion, the, the way they give interviews, like everything is uh, part of the part of the musical part aesthetic. Of the it's artistry. an extension of the musical aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. it's holistic. Yeah. Yes, uh, excellent comparisons there. Um, yeah, I, I know you're, you're a smart guy. I know that you're going to recognize the, uh, 
you know, her talent, her artistry. I know that, I didn't know that you were actually as familiar with some of her music as you were. Just two records. Just two records. Um, I know, I know that you, you know, I know off the bat you're going to have some nice things to say, but what I really want to do today, I want to see if I can find the right Bjork song for you. Okay. I want, it's like a tailored suit. Yeah, exactly. I'm not asking you to, I, you know, you're a busy guy. You got your taste at this point. She does have a lot of this ornate theatricality presence in a lot of her music that I know you're not going to necessarily gel with. I'm okay with all that. I want to see if I can find one song that really is going to get into your soul. That's, that's my goal today. Okay. I, I want to see if I can find it. So, uh, and I think that, and I think that's possible. It could be possible. I think my, my non-investment in her whole catalog, yeah. I don't think has anything to do with anything other than like the time that I discovered her was like kind of late mm. in life for whatever reason. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we might be able to do it today. I think we're going to play some kind of uh, version of musical Minesweeper. You know, like I'll show you a song and you tell me if, if uh, you know, how close I am to the, to the perfect Bjork song for you. Am I way off? And Minesweeper was, Minesweeper was the last video game I played, so that's, you know, we're we got a lot of gray set. hairs over there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, in, in like Minesweeper, I hope I don't land on a bomb and the whole uh, game mm. blows up in our face. But I, I want to see. Mm. I want to see where I can take this today. Um, so you are familiar with Post. Post is yes. absolutely one of my favorites. I mean, while we're on the subject, her run from debut until, I'll say, Medulla, one of the best all-time runs in my book for albums. Mm. Uh, she is my favorite artist of the 90s, I think, unless you can name one that I might like more. But she might be... How many records is that from debut From to debut, Medulla. so you got debut, post, homogenic, vespertine, medulla. You have Selma songs, which is uh, songs from um, Dancer in the Dark. You know, I'll, I'll throw that throw that in there. I really like a lot of that music. That's kind of like a, a, a half album, mini album. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Telegram, which is like a lot of remixes, but pretty cool. But yeah, that main run of those five albums, ah, ah, especially hits the, hits the spot. Oh my! And my favorite, even though it's the most dated, uh, like early '90s kind of like clubby sound, like debut might be the closest to my heart. I, I love songs on debut so much. All right, so this is this is an interesting puzzle to figure out here. I, I do want to get get to showing you a song here, and I wonder which which one I show today. How how close I can get okay to the perfect Bjork song for you. So you're gonna have to kind of eliminate those records. Then does that change your like you're not gonna be able to play me like it's oh so quiet or hyper ballad or whatever? And like I already yeah, like those tunes. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Hey, if you were gonna love Bjork. You would have said you loved one of those those post songs, you know. So I'm I'm working outside. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find something that gets to you a little better. I think I think okay. post is the best place to begin because you have elements of her later style. You have the debut uh, naivete and eclecticism still, but it's like it's grown a little bit more. It's a little more realized. I so it's an all around just solid first go to. But. Uh, yeah, it get it gets a lot deeper than that. And I will say, you know, by the time he, I think she kind of shit the bed with Volta a little bit. Um, I don't think. What's that record? It's the one after after Medulla, and it's it's uh, it's a little rough. I don't know. I don't think a lot of people would would find that a crazy thing to say. Um, she just came out with an album that people are. She really just came out with an album. Yeah, that's the other thing is uh, I wanted to dig yeah. it. Yeah, she just came out with her first album in five years. Um, it's not for me. 
I'm not going to say anything bad about it, but it's just not my style anymore. It's a little too jagged and abstract, and I, I like the the stuff that's more, let's say, comforting. But uh, all right, what song to show you? I'm going to pick. You know what? I'm going to go with the wild card here. I'm going to pick. I'm going to show you one that's like from her previous band, The Sugar Cubes, like from the '80s. Whoa! We're, we're going to okay. start early, and I, I'm going to I'm going to get a sense of your reaction here. I want to listen to Birthday. Um, okay. birthday, if you want to call it a Bjork song, it's in my top five Bjork songs. I, I'm a simple man. What can I say? Say it's your birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. I do. I love her voice. There's nothing mm-hmm. like it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, people can make fun of the accent all you want, but I... And they have. They have for yeah, decades. Kristen Wiig and, yeah, Kristen Wiig and, yeah. I remember Kristen I mean, she has a video of her, like, pretending to, like, open up a TV and think that there's, like, fairies inside and talking about... People Icelandic really poet made fun of her. told me that, unlike the f- cinema in the screen of a television, it's each, it's thousands of individual movies and your brain focuses on that instead of the and it's like all right yeah you're playing it up for the camera god godspeed that's a very endearing little pixie character there but uh she kind of made it like for for how kind of esoteric her music can sometimes be very she much made so. it to the main right she made it to the mainstream yes. though with her persona like i remember with the swan dress and uh-huh. everything like she was like dead center on like you know entertainment tonight or whatever crap you know, she was she was pretty visible considering the music itself. She really she bridged that gap in a very I don't know if anybody's bridged that more. Like the experimental electronica world, which you know, I'm weird. I, I like electronic music. I definitely have a foot in that. She bridges that and pop in a way like who else is really done I would that say to that and this just I think this is just a recent more recent yeah, thing, yeah. I would say Grimes would yeah. probably be the closest with like a persona yeah, that considering how Grimes. out there the music can be. <laughs> you're, she, you're right. You're right though. Yes. Sh- That's a good comparison. Right. Yeah. D- very different person, yeah. but uh, yeah. Not a, not a Grimes fan. Sorry, folks. All right, let's get this link ready. Let's, so before, yeah, we're not, this is far from that ex- crazy experimental electronica stuff, all the collabs with Matmos and all that. This is her early days in the rock band, rock question mark, the sugar cubes. We're going to listen to birthday. And say it's your birthday. That song makes me remember Reykjavik. going on with the lyrics even after all these years i really love the melody you know, oh, you know whose melodies i've always thought oh here we go though come on how's that for a chorus sorry you were saying no, this is tight. I really like this. Uh, 
uh, her delivery and, and the, her melodic choices always reminded me of like PJ Harvey, mm. like very different artists. That's an, but especially on this song, I hear that. That's another artist I don't know anything about, sadly. Really, yeah. we could do a PJ Harvey. Do a PJ Harvey I could actually episode. bring that one in. This is like the melodies on like "Let England Shake" and the way she delivers them is uh, reminding me of that. This song. Yeah. Somebody commented, "This is." A terrible choice for karaoke, this one. Holy moly. Yeah, it's going to be hard to hit that. All right. So you like that one. You I like do. the old birthday. I like that song. Um, is it the Bjork song for you? Can we do better? I don't know. I don't know what's out there. I, I know you know you don't know what's out there, but if... Oh, rhetorically, I don't what, know. Uh, and this might be an impossible question to answer, but... You know, you like it. We're we're starting there. Do you like it more yeah. than uh, Poster by Ophelia, as far as you can tell? No, but I ju- I heard it literally seconds That's, ago, so it's hard for me to. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Um, what what is it about? So, by Ophelia is also like not a Bjork record. I'm into. I, I pretty much I skip that one, and I I do love Volnacuria, and then I kind of fall off after I don't that know too. That one. But what what is it about by Ophelia that you like? Uh, it's like vaguely, it's not even vaguely edgy. It's edgy. Uh, and I feel like I'm listening to something. I mean, when I heard it, it feels like I was listening to something that was on like the, the bleeding edge of what pop could be. Mm. And this was like, I guess, 2010, 2011 or whatever, when that the record came out. So I was like, it was exciting to hear that sound. Well, if you're talking cutting edge, I think we got to go, we got to skip ahead a little bit to 1997 with homogenic uh many people are going to say that's her her masterwork is that the one where she's on the cover and she she looks like a geisha uh, looks like a cgi yes, geisha yeah. yeah that's that yes, one yeah 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 we yeah. might it might be time for homogenic because that is you want to talk about the cutting edge of pop music that is some some good shit there now it is it might be theatrical because her whole concept behind that one was strings and beats so you have very you know mm-hmm dramatic string section string sections going on like you know a, a quartet or a quintet like live in the studio going at it uh and uh we'll we'll see how you react there but i you know i, I was gonna say hunter which is uh one of the big singles from that album but i think i think we might want to go with uh oh lordy is it pronounced yoga j-o-g-a everybody knows i'm a poser now um, we'll, we'll go with a very, very famous, uh, song from that album called, uh, called Yoga. Right, so we got some austere strings. All these accidents that happen follow the dot. Coincidence makes sense only with you. You don't have to speak, I feel emotional. Landscape. Oh, this is going to be very cinematic. This might not have been a appropriate. No, this is awesome. You like it, okay. Oh, I, I fucking love this. I love this. When I said cinematic before, we'll get, we'll, we'll I'm get gonna it. We'll get to that because you feel like you've. Misinterpreted it. Oh, very much so.
beats coming in. All that no one sees, you see what's inside of me. Still on board. Oh, I love it. I love this. Alright. Deep inside of me. Well, you're warm in my heart. I'm glad we're, we seem to be getting closer here. You were digging the, uh, yeah. the homogenic sound? That song is fantastic. I love that. I'm definitely going to check out that record. That, um, you know, you say cinematic. Like, I love lots of cinematic music. I think the, Sorry, the thea- difference... theatric, between, not cinematic. It's the twee, <laughs> the theatrical, almost, right, almost uh, musical theater thing uh. that I don't quite get to yes as as easily as you do but this is a lot darker mm. than that this is not I don't, I don't think this comes anywhere close it's tumultuous yeah this is this is a stormy kind of sound and, yes uh, it's very it's very rich and um yeah i love it. it and it makes me think of iceland too it's this, this is a volcanic sound there's a i don't know how deep you'll uh, end up digging into this but there's an awesome like little documentary on YouTube footage of her recording this uh, like in Spain it was recorded somewhere like in some Spanish desert uh, and she's talking about how she like walks for like an hour or two to get to the studio every day and it's such this like rugged dramatic landscape and um, this looks like paradise for an artist really and it has all this like cool you know Recording footage and just a, a dream for Bjork fans. It's one of the best things on YouTube for uh, for Bjork related stuff. Um, but cool. All right. So homo sounds like homogenic, homogenic. However you say it, sounds like that would be the uh, the one for you. That's that's a hit. And uh, the whole album is good. It's it's one where there's not a bad song. It's it's solid all the way through. Um, so now it's it's really just a question of can we top what we just heard. You know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to, I'm going to show you one more song uh, from Homogenic. I'm going to show you Hunter, Okay. which is the first one. That's, that's always the one that I always will think of first, like what immediately comes to mind for me with this album. It's, it's definitely coming off of post. It's a, it's a bold musical statement. Mm. What year was Homogenic? 97. So, okay. Com- wow. What a year, huh? Okay, computer. It's a hell of a year. Some other examples. <laughs> this other album. Other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I do sincerely mean there were a lot of albums that that year that I love. I just yes, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. think of them off the top of my head. Sorry folks. Yeah. Uh all right. So I never get tired of these beats. Stop. 
love how the vocal sound changes just there. Mm. Alright, strings coming in. We are watching the video and she does appear to be turning into a bear. Yeah. Say that for the record. I thought I could organize freedom. Alright. You seem a little more no, I love that song. Like I was actually just, I was looking for, I'm going to say something that is, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm just right. going to say it. Uh, I was looking up when Madonna's Ray of Light was released, and it came out in 1998. I don't know if this has already been talked about or not at all, or I'm sure someone has said uh -huh. it, but some of this sort of orchestral elements with those beats sort of reminded me of that sound and i wonder if madonna was influenced oh, by this influenced, record yeah yeah sure <laughs> influenced that hack. by this album uh i do like a, a, a you know a good chunk of ray of light i like something that's like kind of the only madonna album i am um into and it's at that sound of like uh, uh the like frozen or whatever with the beats and the and the bassy strings reminded me of this sound it's like oh wow this is uh an influence it maybe is. It was only released a year before it. Yeah. No, this this one definitely made a splash. I think a lot of people, like, you know, she was already on a high, but this really cemented her artistic legacy, like, for all time, as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, sweet. The, you know what? This this seemed to work out. I, I Not only did I find the perfect Bjork song for you, I think I found the perfect album for you. It sounds like uh, you're ready to check out this whole thing in earnest. I'm ready to check out this record. Um, again, I like I really like Post. So, and this is the record that comes right after. Right after, yeah. The Post is yeah. like the last. Post is like uh, somewhere in between, like the Beatles' Help or Rubber Soul. Like that's the last vestige of the early days, and then Homogenic okay. is Revolver. She goes fully yeah. experimental. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. All right. I, I feel victorious. Yeah, I think we both did great today because I also I played UJ and the Americans. And, uh, you know, Jane, the Americans, both, uh, you can't Americans, be in this yeah. band if you're not an American. Okay. That's right. But this is the guy who in his own song jumped out of a window when confronted. So yeah, I guess. It's... Yeah, that was rough, but you know, I think we, we made it through today unscathed. Yeah, we did all right. I think, I think we're all in one piece. Um, yeah. What did you learn besides, uh, you know. That Björk is one of my favorite artists. Uh, that I want to check out Homogenic or Homogenic. I don't know homogenic. What, what the name of this Homogenic. <laughs> Any of the three of those uh -huh. uh, albums. I'll check yeah, out one check of them. Check out all three. And I learned that uh, your capacity for cheese and mine is... is uh, we're, we're, Who do you think can go lower? 
I, I think we both can in different ways. I think when I go lower, it, it mm. gets Japanese. <laughs> and I think for you, it, uh, it gets even more saccharine sweet or something. I'm not sure. That's, that's probably a pretty yeah. good uh, summation. Yeah. But, uh, you yeah, know, I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. Mm, good choice. I think I've seen Bill Hader do an impression of her, too. That was pretty good. But that makes sense because he's friends with Kristen Wiig. Yeah, the best one, Kristen Milotti, uh, Miliotti, however you say her name, that actress, she does an amazing beer compression, my, my favorite of all time. She nails it. Well, what else you got to say for yourself? Absolutely nothing. Well, uh, except people should give us a review. Or uh, what did you say last yeah, time? Do that. Well, read you know us what? a review or if write us else, a... Read us a review, write us a rating. Please subscribe, if nothing else. Hit that button so you get our, our new eps every mm-hmm. week. And also, you should send us a question. If you send got us anything a question, like, why do you guys keep doing this show? <laughs> What's going <laughs> What's on here? Happening? You want to send us a DM, uh, you know, how, how, whatever works for you, uh, you know, hit us up. We'd be happy to, uh, to take your questions mm-hmm. and do uh, an FAQ sometime or what have you. I'm sitting here waiting for those questions to come in. I'll be here all weekend. And you don't have anything else to say for yourself? I got nothing. Oh, uh, so long, suckers. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. Nobody